You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to the Ratchet Ramblers Podcast, presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I ain't got no damn AKAs. We got a lot to get to. Uh, hold on. Yes, I do. Uh, AKA and I want my motherfucking money back, but we'll get there. Um, I am joined by my friend and my co-host. Hey everybody, it's Candice, uh, not so newly at PC on all social media. Uh, my AKA today is uh, a lot of you motherfuckers need to say Sierra's prayer. Uh, oh God. <laughs> and not the man part, not the part about, you know, give her discernment to make her next partner her husband, but the part about healing mm. and growing. Mm. And not being bitter mm. and not being a fucking loser. Mm. I know that wasn't in the prayer, but y'all need to pray about that too. Um, <laughs> I've been saying these, these, some, uh, these some additions, ain't it? Yeah, I, I added in. But I could tell a lot of y'all ain't been raised in the church. That was a run of the mill prayer that we've heard so many people pray in church. It wasn't that deep. Um, some of y'all need to pray as much as y'all manifest, y'all not praying either. Maybe that's why y'all say skip. That's why y'all say fuck manifesting and get to scamming because y'all not doing it properly. <laughs> um, but with that said, we're going to hop into the show because we got a lot to cover. Um, I would like refunds. Bravo and Andy. This season of Potomac was overall very fucking dry. And the fact that we are more hyped up for the reunion that's going to have that lady on it than we was for a good part of this season Y'all played in our face. Y'all had us thinking this was going to be the season of all seasons. It was supposed to top the season with Monique Gate last season. And it didn't. It was dry. The biggest calamity of this season was really uh, Wendy digging off in Giselle and Robin's ass and unapologetically so. That was the biggest part of the season. I, I the wanted, most enjoyable I, part of the season. Yeah, the most enjoyable part. I was downright tired of, of Mia and Mama Gate and her wielding her mama being a crackhead against the other ladies after she was saying and doing foul shit. Very much so tired of that. Enjoyed Ascali being on there, but she didn't really bring much. She was the voice of reason here and there, but she didn't add much of anything to the ship to the season. We could Which be honest honestly, I that. felt was perfectly fine. Like I in these gaggle of goofies, <laughs> it is appropriate, uh, I feel, to have somebody as a voice of reason. Oh, um, absolutely. Because, she just but, needs to stay friend of the show. I don't think she needs an actual champagne glass. I, I agree with that. Also, the question I had about Ascali was, it seemed like she was closer to everybody but Robin. And Robin was the one that was supposed to be to introduce her to the group. Yeah, at the same time, though, I mean, would you really want to claim Robin as your friend? No. Yeah, so I don't want to hold that against him. Um, Especially seeing how Robin carry on. I wouldn't. You know, I, I love wouldn't. Karen and Ray, but they didn't give us much this season. And to be honest, Karen could be moved to a friend of the show. Her and Ray yeah. didn't really, she didn't have no real storyline. They, the, the bullshit with her and Giselle got squashed fairly simply with an apology she got vaccinated. She's the ambassador for Surrey County or wherever she's from. She had a vow renewal after 25 years of marriage. It, it, I love Karen, but it was not exciting. 
I felt like she backed down to Giselle, you know, just to, to squash it. And as nasty as Giselle has been, she should have really stood up and kept her foot on Giselle's neck. Mm. Um, I'm tired of y'all trying to make us believe Robin and Juan are actually together. (laughs) They are financially dependent on one another, but I don't think there's anything between them romantically, if I were to be honest. Um, She's talking about, you know, having, first of all, you are 40. You're, I feel like I don't I don't want to say you can't have any more kids at 40 because there are a lot of 40 year old women who go on to have successful healthy pregnancies but I just feel like if you are still bringing up shit that Juan did years and years ago when y'all were first married y'all are divorced have tried dating other people have gotten back together are supposedly engaged again uh, y'all have this brand new big ass house together and you are still dwelling on his indiscretions from the past. If that it's is the, the case, why are you with him? It's why are you trying to have babies? It's literally the same thing we said on Reloader with Mona Love and her dude. Like, if you still feel this way, rightfully so, honestly, in my opinion, uh, then why are you still with the man? And Juan, you did kind of look like a dick storming off, but I, I guess I can understand if somebody keeps trying to rehash the same old shit. Y'all have gone through therapy. Y'all have sat down and talked about this. Y'all have gotten to the point where he was comfortable fake proposing again. Why are we <laughs> discussing this? It, to, that, to me, it says that something in the milk not clean. I Listen, this might be a bit pessimistic and make me an asshole, but I mean, that's why y'all listen to the show. Uh, I don't believe them two together. I don't believe they love each other. I believe what you said. They are financially codependent on on each other, and they tolerate each other because they have kids together. Yep, that's about it. Like unless it's some like real shady editing on Bravo's part, and we just not seeing them have any chemistry. They have not had any chemistry since they've been on this damn show. They haven't. And I just feel like they are they they are dependent on each other emotionally to a point, but there's no love there. Um, they got kids together and they support each other financially. That's it. I want to say that I am fully aware that they will never get rid of Giselle on this show because Giselle is the mess maker, the mess keeper, the mess keeper upper and the messy. OK. They will not get rid of her. But if you're going to keep her, give this bitch a storyline. Her doing this bullshit therapy, claiming that she's emotionally closed off and her kids can't get to know her. I'm not trying to be funny, but fuck them kids. I didn't come here to hear about your kids and your bullshit with your kids. Give, make, Giselle should be forced to put her shit out on Front Street just like everybody else has to. She keeping secrets about who she dating, when she dating, how she dating. That's not fair for somebody who is always in everybody else's fucking business. My thing is, for me, like, if the best thing about you being on this show is your kids dragging you, rightfully so, because you're such a fucking bozo, that is a sign that you don't need to be on the show. And again, they will never do it because every show like this, especially like this, needs a villain, needs a shit stirrer. Um, 
So I get it. But your whole every time we see you on our TV screen can't be you getting dragged by your kids because you a goddamn bozo. Now, I now don't get me wrong. I enjoy the fuck out of her kids. I like her kids way more than I like her. Um, and I enjoy her kids dragging her, especially that oldest one. But if you're going to be on this show, I need more. I need more. Mm-hmm. And if you're not giving more, then you can go. No pun intended. But to the left, to the left. Excellent. All your feelings in the box to the left, beloved. Um, I feel that Candace should have pushed Dorothy down the stairs after Dorothy hugged and embraced Ashley. <laughs> if you are my mother if you are my spouse if you are my best friend I don't need you to be diplomatic with motherfuckers that I don't fuck with <laughs> fuck all of that yeah, if I don't fuck with Ashley none of y'all should be fucking with Ashley and that's just on that's that's fact that's what it is what it is can I say so? I agree with you, but I'm not gonna lie that I did cackle when her mama did that. <laughs> I cackle like a motherfucker, but Candace should have pushed her down the steps. She should have, but you know her mama don't always not the face with the damn purse. You know she can't fight. <laughs> the real villain of this season has been Dorothy. I, I, Dorothy ain't that always. <laughs> Dorothy has gone out of her way to make things extremely difficult for her daughter amongst this group of women repeatedly all season long, and. If you are that comfortable siding against me as my mom, I don't want any dealings with you. Dorothy don't pay none of your bills no more. You in your own house with your own name on the deed and the mortgage and the title and everything else. You step back from your crazy loony ass mama. It's time. Can we be honest? Can we be Can we tell the truth and shame the devil? Yes. The reason the Dorothy was on this season... And the reason Dorothy was on this season and causing so much damn mess and chaos and strife for her daughter is because her daughter don't have a storyline outside of Monique Gate. Yeah. Hmm. And then we we can just be honest about it because we saw this damn, this damn music shit didn't, didn't and wasn't going to go no goddamn well. But it did. Uh, That's the crazy part. She got a record deal. She got a recording. She got a record contract. She has a record deal. You know, hats off to her. But much like everyone else, they're like, you need to stay off social media. You don't know how to act. And that's why I say it didn't go nowhere. Because, yeah, she got it. But it wasn't going to go nowhere because she hurt. She is so, who she is. Well, the album is doing pretty well. She's she's getting a lot of good feedback there. So, I mean, in that, in that sense, really good. But I do feel like she had a storyline without Dorothy because everybody has been so anxious to dig into her, her finances between her and Chris. And that was a very valid storyline considering all these motherfuckers love being in tax trouble. <laughs> if we being honest, I'm not saying Chris in no tax trouble, but I'm just saying I'm looking forward to the reunion. Cause it looked like Chris going to clear some bitches. Which he, good honest. for you, Chris. Because good for Chris because we find out all the time when celebrity, well, not celebrities, but people who are in the know on reality TV are doing fucked up shit. But this man ain't in the arrears on no child support. This man don't have no liens against him for unpaid child support. This man not filing bankruptcy and all this kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? 
So obviously his finances are somewhere in the green because he's able to take care of his fucking kids and his home with his wife. And he's not getting paid to be her her manager, her husbander. Yeah. So something in the milk is 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 very clean in that situation, and I'm looking forward to hearing it in a reunion. But I want to get to the nastiest of them all. I do not fucking like the Darbies. <laughs> I do not like the Darbies. Also, Karen, it was a terrible idea to have a bar up fucking stairs at this vow renewal. Drunk motherfuckers going up and down the steps is a terrible fucking idea. Right. That's how you end up on YouTube. But we need to have, we don't we don't need to have, because we always are sure to remind motherfuckers that Ashley Darby is one of the nastiest people on this show behind Giselle. And she loves to hide behind this new motherhood thing. And then she nasty when she want to be. And then she pop back behind a motherhood thing and act like you can't criticize her or dog walk her stupid big forehead ass. We can say, I don't give a, I don't really care too much about Mia's husband, G, but we can absolutely say that Ashley went to the abyss really quickly by saying, oh, what, you got Alzheimer's? That shit was unnecessary. You could have just ignored that man. This is true. So I need y'all to stop acting like Candace the nastiest one on this show because when the when the mood hits y'all, a lot of y'all are very fucking nasty. A lot of y'all are very fucking can threaten a lot of violence. We remember we saw Robin in action threatening to beat a motherfucker up before. Yeah, Ashley in her own damn restaurant. Like y'all keep a lot of shit going as a whole. So I I feel like, but the other side of me doesn't care what goes on with Candace because you were used as a pawn last season in Monique Gate. They used you. They allowed you to think your behavior was a-okay and that Monique was just out of fucking control. She was a rabbit fucking dog. Just for them to this season to Just say that. Just for this season to turn around and say that the same exact behavior you exhibited last season, this season, was just violent. It was foul. It was trifling. It was nasty. It was the meanest thing ever. You to react nastily. Of, you need to be talked to to the point of motherfuckers to, talking about if Mia would have clocked you, it would have been like, oh, well. Where, I, that Again, where was that energy last season? You were mm-hmm. a pawn, sweetheart. And I hope you feel as dumb as you look with that Whoville ass nose on your goddamn face. Nigga, did you say up in the air. <laughs> that that Cindy who knows and shit. Like enough. Her behavior been the same. She been trifling. It hasn't changed. This the same Candace we've been getting. But last season, y'all said Monique should have ignored it because that's just what Candace do. You can't take Candace in her mouth seriously. Y'all know that Candace like to go low. But this season, Mia, if Mia would have popped her, y'all would have sided with Mia. You were you were a pawn. They used you and not they discarded you this season. It mm-hmm. is what it is. The green eye bandits, they will use you and then they will leave you. And you didn't learn, forehead. But Candace and Ashley, mainly Candace. 
I don't know what level of self-awareness you are lacking to make for you to constantly speak on uh Michael Darby's white privilege and not Chris Bassett's white privilege. But right. both you hoes are married to white men who have an ex and a super large amount of white male privilege over other people down to y'all's black asses. Yeah, so I don't when Michael and Chris was discussing hashing out what happened at the the engagement party, you talking about uh, the white privilege? I just can't take it. Yo, honky got the same white privilege as Michael Darby. <laughs> yeah, and I like I like white Chris, but we're not finna sit here and act like he's not a white man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like two things can be true at the same time. He seems like a genuinely decent you know, person, and also he a white man that got privilege. Like, two things can be true at the same time. Yeah, it's very true, and I need you to stop trying to pinpoint Michael Darby as an oppressor Like, and you married to you go and lay in the bed with a white man, too. Like, a very more salient point would be that Ashley is sleeping with an abuser. That is a very valid point. Yeah. Yeah, if we're gonna talk about privilege, then talk about it from the standpoint that this man has been allowed to get away with countless harassment accusations sexual assault accusations and even even talk about the fact that when he walked up to chris bassett at that engagement party last season it, he did so with the intention to create chaos and and, and harm you don't walk up to no another man put and poke him in the chest like hey you need to get your wife he wanted to get his ass beat he touched somebody first. And the thing is, for, for a motherfucker who is always accused of not knowing how to control their hands, mm. he constantly fucking touching somebody. Don't You shouldn't be touching nan fucking soul. Your hands should without be in your proper pockets consent. at all times. All times, the motherfucker should be taped to your thighs. Right. You, you should be walking around like a piss dispenser the whole goddamn time. The whole fucking time. Oh, big ass, oh, big ass bobber head just weaving. Hello. Part one of the reunion airs tonight. Be there, be square. Okay. That's where we at with it. It's part one of the reunion. I heard somewhere this was a four-part reunion and Andy, Andy. the fuck up. Andy. This this required two parts at most. It was such at, a dry season. At most. Two is pushing it. Two, right. Two is pushing it. You can wrap this shit up in one episode. One. Cause I'm not, fin cause nigga, I'm not watching four parts of no fucking reunion. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm just not doing it. I give you the one tonight, maybe the one ne next week, but nigga, I'm not watching four parts of this shit for this dry ass season. I know you fucking lying. Exactly. We gonna move over to we gonna head on over to Chicago and we're going to discuss this tattoo convention that really because was all that was about to show. Yeah, that's all it was about. Because in my opinion, Kitty, you played yourself. You really did. You played yourself. You allowed Charmaine and C's to get under your fucking skin. And I have no idea why. I really don't. I do. Pride. Um, it's Pride is a terrible thing to waste. So we get to the convention. Charmaine is setting up. Ryan is there. C's is there. Um, Don is there helping Ryan out. Drea shows up. She's like, I paid for half the convention, so I'm taking the part of the booth I want. First things first, Charmaine, you silly bitch. If you let a motherfucker bully you, you get what you get. 
Cause I would have told Drea, I got here first. So I, I'm a, I'm gonna get the part of the booth. I want you can have the other part. Then Charmaine, again, this is what we said. I don't really feel bad that Drea and Kitty kind of have been talking about how poorly you're managing the shop because, because you and hired all these guest artists who do not work at Second City Inc. to be at your booth and then make sure that your artists who work there had a booth for sure. Mm-hmm. After Dre came and took the booth, Prince had to go tattoo at Nine Mag's booth and give Ryan 50% of his earnings. And see, this is why I don't feel no sympathy for Charmaine. Like, I do, like, I mean, we talked about it in the pregame. Like, Kitty, I wish Kitty hadn't let her, like, let her and C's and, and Don get to her. But her, uh, and to a greater extent, uh, Drea, specifically, they're absolutely right about Charmaine. She don't know what the fuck she doing. She don't all know what the fuck. All that energy. No, you right, friend. Because all that energy Kitty had talking about, I smack a motherfucker. I smack the fuck out of motherfucker. And then do smack that. A motherfucker. I smack, I smack, I smack. You didn't smack nobody, but you could have went over there, stood right in front of Prince and Charmaine and said, this the shop you want to work at? Where you are having you as the, as the only artist in her shop? You're having to tattoo at somebody else's booth? Yep, and that's exactly what Kitty should have did. That's crazy. See, see, the art of petty. (laughs) You have to master the art of petty. See, sometimes you don't have to beat a motherfucker with your hands. You can beat him with your words. Because like you said, if Kitty had got into her bag, she would have just walked over there and be like, so so this your girlfriend's like you got to give this nigga 50 percent of your tattoos that's crazy and then just walked off because what the fuck was charmaine gonna say because because that is true because <laughs> that is true you know i'm like damn this your this, this who you was yelling at me and dre about and she got you giving 50 percent of your earnings to another nigga couldn't be me and just walk the fuck off and what was charmaine gonna say nothing because it was a bit absolutely true yeah exactly it just and then uh, what also infuriates me more about Charmaine is you went into this unprepared when you didn't have to. You quite literally, and I mean quite literally, have Ryan there. This is your first convention as a tattoo shop owner. Why would you not go to Ryan and ask for help and make sure you have all your ducats in a row? He is literally right there. And you did not do that. Then you go to this convention all your shit sloppy, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, then you wonder why motherfuckers is questioning your leadership as a tattoo shop owner. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, do I wish Kitty would have handled it differently? Absolutely, because she did a little fucking stupid. Do I wish that um, her and, again, to a greater extent, Drea would have played chess and not checkers? Absolutely. But they not wrong in saying Charmaine don't know what the fuck she doing because she don't. To the point where fucking Ryan is like, well, damn, don't this shit look familiar? <laughs> and then they showing the flashback to Charmaine. I hollered when Ryan was like, you uh, you sound like old Ryan. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then Charmaine talking about, they talking about I ain't never going to be shit and I don't know what I'm doing. And she was like, damn, that sound like you. <laughs> because it's absolutely 100% true. Like one thing about them chickens, they come home to roost. Always and forever. 
Also, I think Kitty's anger was misplaced. Your issue is with Charmaine. Okay. Um, you being mad that C's didn't speak to you, why would he do that? And why would you care? Okay. Also, even with Don, I don't know what giggle Don has in all of this, but you need to go sit your ass somewhere and make sure that fucking gym open up. Right. Now, see, and see again, this is my frustration with Kitty because I 100%, because I said it last week, I said it again, we talked about it in the pregame, what Charmaine and C's and Don was doing because by the previews, like because remember last week when we saw the previews, the way they edited and cut it made like made it seem like Ryan was in on it. Ryan was just standing there. He didn't say shit. It was them three cackling and goosing like some goddamn goofies. So my thing is, I get being frustrated that two that three motherfuckers that's comfortable saying talking slick to you like why are you there, but not directly in your face, getting on your skin. I get that. What I don't get is then taking that out on production slash Ryan when Ryan didn't say shit and production, like, what they going to do? Kick the motherfuckers out the tattoo convention? Like, again, you should have played chess instead of playing checkers because you ended up looking fucking stupid. Because if anything, if anything, if you really was, you know, if you really want to smack a motherfucker, use it with your words. Just walk walk over there and be like, oh, so what's funny? I hear my name. Because exactly. that's what I would have did personally. Yeah. Because, because Drea, you, to oh, me, Drea and, and Kitty both should have been like, so what are we discussing? What's the issue here? Exactly. Especially when Drea heard it first and was telling Kitty about it. Like, they got their name in y'all mouth. I would have went over there also. Oh, I would have so walked right up and said, hey, since we're, since we're discussing me, Mm-hmm. Let me tell you why I don't want to pay Charmaine $1,500 a month in booth rent. Because we don't even have paper towels and supplies in her shop. Hello? And, we don't and have she- the necessities to be great artists in her shop. Charmaine didn't even foot the bill for this whole fucking convention. She didn't know how to even set it up. But she dared to sit and talk bad about me to y'all. Like I hadn't offered her time and time again to help her manage things while she gets things straightened out with her dad. Hello? Both Kitty and I, like this, and I say this all the time. I have these conversations with my mom, having with Mike, having with anybody. One thing about me is you will know where we stand because I will not just go silently into the night and let you come up with your own narrative. You will know exactly why I don't fuck with you or you will know exactly why you one of my favorite people. You will never, ever, ever be confused about your position in my life. Yeah, and that and see, that's my issue with Kitty. She allowed them to control the narrative and then she proved the narrative by acting a fool when she should have been clever and told the truth about what Charmaine doing and then be like, oh, so now that we got all the truth out of the way, what's so funny? That's what she should have did. Her Andrea. Yep. Because instead, you let your anger get the best of you. You let them control the narrative. Now you're looking goofy, storming out the goddamn place for no fucking reason. Which, side note, park it real quick. Speaking of narrative, now, seeds. You got down, you got down tobacco lip shaped bitch. Now, while I must admit, you know, 
Kitty wasn't really doing no for real, for real work at Black Ink. <laughs> you know, I'm you know, I'm not finna sit here and lie on the girl behalf. However, I find it very, very funny. Um, uh, and incredibly bitch made on your part, which you know you tend to do because you you that you got all this smack to say about what that girl was or was not doing at the shop when you was comfortable with that girl being in the shop doing or not doing what you said she was as long as she was sucking your dick. Like revisionist history is a motherfucker for bitch made ass niggas. Absolutely. Because you got a whole, but I don't know who got more audacity, you or Martell. And that's saying something. Cause Martell is, we'll get to him. But but I know you fucking lying to me, C's. Especially you got all this smack to talk about this woman when you were just about to try to beat up Ryan over this woman because you felt betrayed. Air quotes, nigga, nigga. Let's talk about it, nigga. Like, I, boy, I turn into big boy. I, I know that ain't who I think it is. I know that ain't who I think it is. You got down. <laughs> you got down rubber tire, little big bitch. C's boy, fuck you. <laughs> this ain't even your damn season, but boy, fuck you all the same. You goddamn, you goddamn smoke a long little big bitch. Boy, fuck you. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, in my opinion, Kitty lost lost this battle. Yeah. You know, she lost the battle. It should she should have been a layup. Yeah, you she, you allowed them to get too deep under your skin. You got all this mouth to talk about slapping, fighting, capping, and everything else. And you could have just went over there and said, you know, first of all, get the fuck away, C's. I don't fuck with you. But you didn't have to address him at all. You could have you could have put Charmaine on blast. Yeah. That's what you could have did. You could have called Charmaine to the carpet since she got so much to say. And she don't know how to be accountable. Mm. You hold her accountable. Yeah, and put on blast. And she's trying to put you on blast. See, see, the lesson to take away from here is sometimes you don't have to win battles with, with, with your fist. Sometimes you can win them with your words. Kitty chose the former and she lost this battle when she could have won it and the war with her words. Exactly. Speaking of words, these niggas, this uh, episode that's what, uh, coming on tomorrow? Yeah, to fucking sit down like y'all. Boy, down like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, nigga. When I tell y'all, was fucking screaming, fucking Ryan talking about this is the brand. We got to come together. I was like, since when the fuck has Ryan? <laughs> no, Ryan, you the same nigga that had a whole different shop attached to y'all. Talking about we need to come, together. boy. Exactly. I say, like, what in the fake Godfather hell is this? Exactly. Well, you motherfuckers are stupid. Yeah, but yeah, to me it was a it was a good episode. I'm I'm looking forward to the episode tomorrow. Look like a bunch of shit finna come to head. Prince about to have some words for Charmaine about how she handled him at that convention, mm-hmm. and I'm here for that. I want to know why the white boy from England is here. What is? Oh, I know why he's here. Cause Ryan extended him a guest spot at Nine Mag. That's why. Mm-hmm. Now, white boy code, what he do? He mm-hmm. cold. He nice. Yeah. Um, he do good work. Uh, just a side note, Charmaine, you you have not been, you will not be, you cannot, you won't not ever be able to compete with Ryan because you don't, 
really understand the ins and outs of the tattoo industry. You felt like opening up a shop was a get with get rich quick scheme because of your popularity on the show, because mm-hmm. you've worked in tattoo shops, but you're not an artist. Work saying work is very loose, Fran. Fucked in the shop. Fucked on there. There you go. Anyways, that neither here nor there, because I'm not slushing <laughs> or ho shaming you or how you get down. But you felt like you had the skills to be able to run this shop. And instead of you saying, hey, let me get an experienced tattoo artist to help manage the shop, your ego is getting the best of you. Your pride and your ego is running off from you because you have invested a lot of money into something that is not turning out that much of a profit based on how you moving. Y'all don't even have supplies in the goddamn shop. So Mm. I would urge you to really search within and and figure out the fuck you got going on and why you so invested in trying to be the boss versus having a successful business. What good is being the boss of a failing business? Mm. What good is being the boss if you can't do the fucking job? What's a queen without a throne? Well, you a pauper, bitch. You like- <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to move on to Salt Lake City. I told my mama, I told her, hey, mommy, mama White Diamonds. We were talking about Salt Lake City, and I told her their mess is intricate. It's very passive aggressive. Mm. Like, it seems boring, and then when you, like, you really pay attention, these motherfuckers are super fucking messy. The mm. messiest of them all being Lisa Barlow. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really glad that these ladies have had their foot on your neck so far this season because you are full of shit. There was no reason for you to go to Jen and tell her that Whitney sent products to this person you you were said to have cussed out and said really nasty things about the dress designer. Mm-hmm. Business is fucking business. Yeah. Meanwhile, you went and told Jen all of that while you didn't even invite Jen to this party and this fundraiser that you had for your son and his line of, you know, boy teen hygiene products. And I'm glad Heather called that shit out to to, uh, Jen Shaw and was like, that's funny. She's bringing up Whitney because she just had a whole event that she invited Whitney to and did not invite you. Mm. What's up with that? After and, and, and you supposed to be her dog. Like y'all don't form this, you know, uh uh lack accountability alliance since the reunion that's supposed to be your dog and she ain't even, she ain't even, she ain't even invite you to the event ain't that some shit but but we're literally just preaching to you like before her uh her had that sit down lisa was just preaching to jim you know accountability and you know showing up for each other and this that, and the third damn your your old dog didn't even invite you to the event that's crazy Exactly. I will say this, Lisa, Lisa Barlow, that I like, this is a Lisa Barlow hate podcast, but that is one conniving ass white woman. Lord have mercy. That's one plodding ass patty. Yeah. I just, I really am. Nothing is likable about Lisa Barlow. No, not at all. She has no redeeming qualities. And I don't understand why. I don't understand at all. I don't understand why Lisa, I mean, not Lisa. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Lisa. I don't understand. Oh, was it Lisa, Lisa or Heather? Heather, I'm thinking of Heather, my bad. 
I don't I don't get why Heather is the only one that is like seeing Lisa for what it is. Like, cause I don't count Mary because Mary girl, like you don't like that woman because she like made a joke about Google. Shut the fuck up. Um, so I'm, I'm not counting Mary. Um, but I don't understand why the rest of y'all do not see Lisa uh for what she is, like Heather does. Like Heather, Heather can't be the smartest one in the room. No offense to Heather, but she can't be the smartest one. At uh like, Jen, all the goddamn carrying on and performing you did for this woman, and then she leaving you out to dry. Whitney, I, I damn sure don't understand why Whitney want to be friends with this motherfucker. Well, it looks like since that last situation at the restaurant, Whitney has been pulling back because she didn't even go to the event that uh, Lisa invited her to. She lied about being sick. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So it, it looks like she... um. It looks like she don't really care at too much. Like, I feel like Lisa has exposed her hand fully to Whitney, and now she's just playing the game. And if so, that's good. Because we do need that to drive the show. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, Now, what was really interesting was, first of all, this show shows me just how much white women choose when and how to weaponize their tears and emotions because Meredith acting like she was in shock and awe when Mary's Yo. <laughs> came to her and she's like, Oh my god, I'm just so frightened, I'm so shaken. Like, I just it was so much like nigga, oh what <laughs> I just and all the nigga said was the bitch a liar. <laughs> Literally, all he said was like, watch out. Like when Lisa, Lisa, like again, I don't like Lisa, but Lisa was looking at her like, girl, this is dramatic. All he said was like, watch out, what are you doing? Yeah, it was really weird. Right. Like, and my thing is, my thing is this, like, like she answered her own question. Cause she said, you know, well, is this, you know, this person that, you know, I, I enjoy and that I like. And then when someone, you know, just says, you know, Hey, watch out for them. It's, it's, you know, it's shocking. And it's like, girl, you answered your own question that clearly says, okay, this person that you like might not be what all they cracked up to be. And mm, I almost had shave on it. It reminded me of some situations <laughs> in real life with certain people. Yeah. And I and I'm like Meredith. All this woman is all that man was saying is have some discernment. Like he ain't say you got to go fight Mary. He ain't say you got to go cuss her out or shit. He just said you know keep an eye open. That's all the man said. You had to like the motherfucker shot you with a bullet. Yeah, like it was a lot. Like when Lisa Barlow was calling you dramatic, <laughs> it was it was it was quite strange. It was quite strange. I, I was trying to I was trying to understand like for the life of me what made this so deep but it's like you ladies have been spending this season and last season telling each other who's a liar and who's not so why was you so shaken and stirred about this man saying Mary is a piece of shit y'all have caught this lady in multiple lies to which Mary keep all them fucking also tears that. to yourself you're a liar <laughs> And you were Which, triggered because motherfuckers know you a liar and you have been caught red-handed in fucking lies. So, uh, yeah, maybe you would be triggered if a motherfucker say Google everything you say, but that's what happens when you're a known fucking liar amongst your group of friends. 
Nigga, did, did, did they not? Am I tripping? But did they not bring up the scandal at the church on the fucking reunion last season? Yeah. So, Meredith, girl, what the fuck? <laughs> this ain't the first time you done heard this. They literally just had it on the fucking reunion. At a... It's, that's also... Uh, now that you bring it up, that's also something that has uh, been... Um, very puzzling to me is that we had a reunion for last season, the first season. And, you know, it was the drag Jen and Lisa Barlow uh, show, which they deserve. I'm, you know, they absolutely deserve to be drag. Um, And they still goofy performing some kind of like weird ass alliance and shit when they literally had no chemistry, you know, in the whole damn season last season. But like, we literally saw like, multiple people's lives and, and mess and, and shit get exposed. Jen, Lisa's, and Mary's. And they came into this season just acting like none of that shit happened with Mary. I just, it was... She's like, I, don't, I didn't know it was a trigger, but I got triggered. Yeah, bitch, because you're a liar. Duh. Fucking Ooh. goofy. Ooh, I almost had shade by me. <laughs> Oh my god, and I know what it was about. Let's <laughs> um <laughs> I'm looking forward to this veil trip next for the episode airing tonight. That's where we'll start to see a lot of the Jen Shah scammer FBI indictment shit unravel. So I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait. Um because so far the is the season is is meh. We on what episode six? I think it's eight. Eight? Damn. I think it's eight. Yeah. And my thing is, Andy, if you're gonna be trying to spoon feed us mess, it's time to re you can you can retire these shows as quick as you start them. Yeah. Because I, I thought it was just six. Atlanta was terrible. Potomac was dry. We almost halfway into the season and it's dry. Like you gotta give us something. You gotta we you gotta not play with us like this. Right. Um, let me tell you, friend, I can tell you what episode it was. Yeah, episode if... eight. Okay. Yeah, this, mm. this yeah and to speed this shit up because we should this we should not be getting the goddamn FBI shit at the halfway point. Like nigga, that should have been because I thought it was episode six. No, it's episode eight. So we're like I to win. the halfway point of the season. Kick this shit up a notch and stop playing in our face. Take a note from Own and Love and Marriage Huntsville where this shit is always kicked up. It starts out on level 100. Exactly. The comeback group. I respect what every I respect what Marceau, Tisha, Maurice, and Kimmy want to do with the comeback group. All the comeback group is is those three couples get together in their in this perspective construction development industry and they make money together okay marceau maurice is probably coming in on the legal side and the developer side yeah. so is marceau and mel and martel who mel has the builder's license and martel has a ton of construction experience with how shit should be and how it should go when let me say that I'm not taking away the fact that Martel has a ton of construction work experience. I guarantee you he worked his way up from a laborer, you know what I'm saying, to a superintendent, 
to a foreman and all that kind of shit. Not taking that away from him. But fundamentally, he's stupid. Yes. However, he did not start this argument at this meeting. Mel just flew off the fucking handle very weirdly. And Marceau is like, we trying to have a conversation, but you two motherfuckers having a whole nother silent conversation. If y'all cannot be in the room together, even for business and money measures, one of y'all got to lead a fucking show. I wonder, I was thinking about this um, uh, while I was watching. Do both of them have um, producer credits or just mail? Uh, I think they both have production credits. Okay. Because I just, and I say this on Twitter, and it's, and I text my friend this, I said it on Twitter, and it bears repeating. These motherfuckers can't do one goddamn scene without arguing, whether male initiated, whether Martell initiated, whether they both do it. Either way, they just cannot be in the same room together. And I wonder, like, if both of them have a producer credits, why don't they work around this? Because if this is y'all show, y'all start, both of them started Love and Marriage Hunts Bill, right? I get it. If, if they both got credits, I, I know male do for sure. I don't know if Martell still does, but let's assume they do. Why do y'all not do scenes around each other knowing y'all can't be in the same goddamn room? Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like it's a waste of everybody's time and energy who's trying to actually get to the money. And I feel like Mel misplaces a lot of her anger as well because she talked about how Marceau would, and, and Martel was cracking jokes at her expense. And when they rolled the footage back, Marceau asked a real fucking question. Is this a project that you're willing to work on with Mel? There was no shade there. Like, I know Marceau gets on our nerves, but when it comes to trying to get a bag, he not playing both sides of the fence. He want to know if the comeback group want to get fucking money together. When it comes to the business side, he's been on male side way more than Martel. And he like, fuck it. Y'all got kids together. Yes, y'all might be divorced, but y'all both should be getting money in this, in this situation together. Like we used to together or not, we can get money together. Y'all have fucking kids. And he even got on. I was really, first of all, Telling Mel she can't go talk to speak to her kids while they in her office. Nigga, what is wrong with you? That is fucking weird. And then to throw a low blow going out the door like a bitch talking what? So you could keep neglecting them? No, nothing about them goddamn kids look neglected. Which I'm glad that you brought that up. Because that fucking lie that he said with them kids talking about the oldest, you know, Oh, when you know where she was crying because you know when they came to the office it was you know mom and dad and now it's just mom boy boy then when male talk about why the girl was crying it, it ain't got shit to do with what the fuck you said now she crying because she see that how you got down uh treat their mama y'all can't got down co-parent and be in the same fucking room without arguing that's why she was crying Projecting your goddamn hurt ass feelings on that girl, cause you upset because it ain't no, it's no longer male and Martell, it's just male. Yep. Listen. What them bullshit ass crocodile tears you was trying to give us in the confessional? In the confessional, right? 
leave us like nigga leave us alone you made that situation what it is you and only you nobody else but you did what you did how you did and now you crying fucking boohoo fucking buckets of tears leave us alone leave us alone and leave your kids alone stop weaponizing your kids and your feud with me please it's nasty and useless it, it serves no purpose at this point. It, it don't. It really don't serve a purpose at this point. And Mel, you are not as healed, as he- as well, as healthy, as happy as you would like to have us believe. Because every time you get in a, in a setting with this man, you you engage in arguing with him. I absolutely, if I'm in a good place, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I'm not arguing with this stupid bald head motherfucker every time we're in the same room. I'm not going to let nobody put the sticker on me that all I do is get in group settings and ruin the mood by arguing with my ex-husband. No. Y'all both bitter. Here's, Own here's it. My, my biggest issue with both of them uh, is my issue. Obviously, my issue with Martel is just the sheer audacity that he has. Yeah. Uh, the 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 stupidity that he has the projection the deflection no taking no accountability the motherfucker still i mean we're we gonna get to it in a minute but the motherfucker still talking about mill cheated without ain't presenting no goddamn evidence to 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 the fact um like so everybody knows it's football tale my issue with melody is this you hate this man's guts and you playing in my face acting like you not that's my issue with you. You are well within your right to hate to to hate this man's existence for what he put you through. What I need you to do though is be honest about that, and not only be honest with yourself, be honest with the rest of the group because you hate this man. Y'all can't be in the same room together. Why are you not? You talking about establishing boundaries with Martel, which you which you know you do you need, and he needs to respect that. Which is another issue I have with Martel. He don't respect boundaries. But you also need to do that with your friends because they, and we said this, Candace, they too are part of this problem because they keep putting y'all together knowing good and damn well y'all don't get along and keep bringing y'all shit up and then crying when shit go left. Now, it wasn't in this situation, but in other situations, they put y'all together, brought up y'all very visible scars and then act, pray, then act stupid when shit blow up. They are at fault too. Y'all do not need to be around each other. You have not healed. He building stupid. It's not a good combination. Stop being around these people. Stop being around him. Stop being around this group until they can mind their fucking business and move on. And be honest with yourself. You hate this man. You hate what he did to you. You hate the humiliation he put you through. You hate the hurt that he put you through. You hate the fact that he deflects, neglects, and gaslights and takes no responsibility for what the shit that he did. That's all very well and valid. But you need to own that. What I always say, Candace, if you're going to fuck around. Fuck around expeditiously. Is stand up in it. Stand up in the fact that you hate this man's guts and you don't want to be around this motherfucker unless it's about the kids. That's very fair and valid. Just be honest about that shit and be honest about that shit with the rest of the couples and tell them to stop trying to put y'all together when y'all need to be as far away from each other as fucking possible. True. You spitting, nigga. You giving, you giving them gems. I just am to the point where I feel like 
they are milking this divorce shit to the max. That's also what it feels like. That's what I feel like. Because I just, I I truly feel like that how many times (laughs) are y'all going to carry on like this? Like, how many times? How much y'all gonna do this? And how much y'all expect people to feed into it? Because, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you. One thing I love about Huntsville is that, you know, of course, it's reality TV, and you know, there's no like 100% guarantee, you know, real with reality TV. But this is the closest we, I feel like, at least in shows today, that we get to like genuine mess and realism. With that said, nigga, even in real life, sometimes you get exhausted. Yeah. And I am exhausted of these two motherfuckers constantly arguing every goddamn episode, regardless of who started, whether Martell started, whether Miller started. I'm just tired of these niggas arguing. Yep. Like, because <laughs> y'all know sometimes I watch this shit on YouTube. Like, somebody in the YouTube comments for this episode said, this ain't love and marriage Huntsville. This is love and marriage male on Martell arguing every goddamn time. Yeah, that's what it's become. And I know that, you know, the production team and the editing team is like, well, shit, mess sales. But it's kind of it's it's kind of running thin. My like thing these is, motherfuckers is not willing to have an amicable uh, working relationship, co-parenting relationship. Remove one of them from film. Yes, they can still keep their executive producer credits, but one of them needs to step back from the show because everybody else shit getting overshadowed at this point. And see, that's what I was going like. Miss sales, but nigga, you got. Eight other motherfuckers on this show with shit going on. Say all that. And if they don't want to say all that, they too can go. Looking at you, Destiny. Yep. Yep. It feels like everybody on the show is just a plot bite, plot device for Mel and Martell to argue. That's what it feels like. That's exactly and, what it feels like. And I no just... show. Oh, and we said, my bad, Ken, but we said this about Potomac. No one show should revolve around one or two people. Not a good show anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to be judgmental, you know? But I am but, judging. Yeah. I am judging. And I, I feel like that's all you know that I got to to give them is that if they are not willing to allow the other cast members to have TV time without them constantly arguing, like Marceau got to talk to fucking Martel, like fam, the shit you doing, why do it when you gonna have to uh explain this shit to your kids years down the line? Exactly. And he sound, Martell always sound like a bitch. I know I went blow, but when I'm feeling attacked, not even when I'm attacked, when you're feeling attacked, nobody is responsible for you feeling attacked. Right. You you go low and nobody have even done anything to you but challenge your ego. Mm-hmm. See that, that, and I see that we go. Now we're getting to the root. That's all. That's, that's what it is. Yep. That's what all most of all of this is about. This man's ego being listen, ain't nothing worse than a than a than a male than a man, particularly a straight one, with a bruised ego. 
Exactly. Yeah. And to that I say, and to that I say, tough break, nigga. Exactly. Learn to be a fucking adult. Exactly. I agree, friend. I certainly agree. That's Speaking it. of an adult. Who? Uh also oh, one Tisha time. and fucking Kimmy. Mm-hmm. That's that's why we're going. I'm gonna let you handle this. <laughs> Cause speaking of needing Kimmy, you put me in a bad place when I have to agree with Tisha. The fact that you have taken this so personally because you refuse to be a better communicator and want to discuss, you know, rebuilding this friendship and stuff. Why do Tisha always have to reach out to you? Why aren't you willing to do better in that friendship that you claim to want? You know what I'm saying? That's the part that kind of pissed me off. And then to throw in her face, well, I we be writing checks. We be do this. We do that. We do that. And, and Tisha had a point. If you are my friend, why are you keeping track of everything you've ever done for me? And if this the game you want to play, we could play it because you need to have your own family and friends to throw you no bridal shower. Mm-hmm. No bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. I can't honestly say that when Tisha is when, when Tisha's in a great space with her friends, she is a very, very good, kind, loving friend. Very, very much so. But Kimmy, I feel like you're wrong. Don't do shit for me if if the outcome is gonna be well. I did this for you, I I did that for you. We are literally sister in laws. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing things for a good cause and y'all have the means and the resources to to help, that's what you should do. You're not doing anybody any favors. That money is not going in Tisha and Marceau pockets. That I money is that. helping people in need. You I didn't do that. them no favor. That was the part that blew me. Like, girl, you do realize this is going to like people in need. Like, it's not like you're not you're not giving Marceau and Tisha this money, right? That's what was so very, very, very weird about it. It was like, okay, because mm. regardless of the issue that you may or may not have with Tisha, like the money is going to a good cause. So, like, why are you keeping tabs on the money that's going to helping people in need? Exactly. It was so strange. That, yeah, that I ain't like that, Kimmy. I ain't like that. It it and you may not have meant it to come across that way, but it but came that's how it came across. Way. Yeah. It gave it, it you know you know what it gave? You know what it gave? It gave Lisa Barlow vibes. It did. Like how she was holding that shit, uh that that uh ball shit over Whitney Head. That's what it was giving. That's exactly what it was giving. I don't like that, Kimmy. Tighten up. Yeah. Tighten up. Which, based on the previews, you just, you just might because I I know you happy about this game because it seems like they're gonna bring back that the bean footage of Tisha um talking about like, Kimmy being yeah. a homebreaker. Yeah, I'm very much so excited about that, and not from a stance that I don't like uh, Tisha, but from a stance that I think we need to see more of this. Because she's been selling this narrative that Kimmy never has her back. Meanwhile. Back at the ranch. 
Keisha been doing some sneaky snake shit herself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, I thought it was really tasteless for Kimmy to bring up donating to a, a charity as a gotcha moment. But I'm really ready to really dive deep into just how piss poor of a friend Tisha has been to Kimmy behind the scenes. Yeah. Like Kimmy, Kimmy had a, a bad moment, but Tisha has had several bad moments. In regards to how she handles things with Kimmy. Right. Like we just saw this season, her asking Maurice, do he wish he had stayed with his ex-wife and worked it out? Which I which I still would be I still would be slapping Tisha in the mouth for that. Every time I (laughs) I would pop her in the mouth. Like I still like the fact that no hands were thrown for that alone. So I do I just feel like, you know, okay. And also, um, why was Martel so fabric fabric flabbergasted when this motherfucker when Mel said I'm not your woman no more yo what you mean (laughs) (laughs) this motherfucker neck was twisted up he was so confused about this woman saying I'm not your wife no more who I go to dinner with and the fact that you crying about business not what it used to be but you ended a whole business meeting to go stalk this woman and her date down Mm. You mm-hmm. broke by you broke by choice, not by force. Because if that's the way you handle business, like Mel said, you destined to drown. Because ain't ball. no fucking way. That was a boss she spit. I'm not gonna hold you. That was a boss. That woman's single. You single. You got the chance to be with your mistress openly and make her your girlfriend. You want nothing to do with that lady. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. But I, you know, who who are me to judge? Actually, I am allowed to judge. You stupid, <laughs> dumb as hell. And where's some clothes that fit, nigga? Damn, still can't afford them yet. <laughs> but that's it. That's all we got. We gonna see y'all back next week, part one of this Potomac reunion. We're going to see what these motherfuckers on Black Ink Chicago talking about. We're going to get to the chaos and the and the mess on this uh, indictment with Jen Shaw. Next week's show should be fucking phenomenal. It is going to be so messy. And if it ain't, Andy, I'm whooping somebody's ass. I'm just letting you know right now. And we still got Love and Marriage Huntsville coming in with the mess. We got this, this supposed engagement with Mel and them. Shit is going to get very, very messy. And all this and everything. So we'll be back next week. We hope y'all enjoyed this show because some dragon did happen. And um, we out. Peace, niggas.